Welcome to Brit David Podcast. As Pastor Tim brings us another great Christmas message from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14, entitled, For Those Who Don't Believe in Christmas. This message is for those who don't believe in Christmas. There are plenty of iconic pop culture unbelievers like Ebenezer Scrooge and the Grinch from Whoville. Ahaz, the King of Judah, also missed the meaning of Christmas even before the first Christmas, because he would not believe. And he missed out on something wonderful that God had in store. Don't you miss out. Trust the Lord and see what he might do. Here's Pastor Tim. This message today is for those who don't believe in Christmas. You may protest and say, well, who wouldn't believe in Christmas? Man, it's the the best time of the year. It's the most wonderful time of the year, right? Well, there's some who are, have become too mature to believe in Christmas. They say Christmas is for children, or so they think. Some have become too materialistic to believe in Christmas. They're like Ralphie, you know. Christmas is just a quest to get that one special gift. Uh, some of our old timers, let me just remind you of the Cabbage Patch dolls, <laughs> right? You know, these are people who are not interested in giving, they're just interested in getting. And I tell you what, when you set yourself up that way, it can lead to a disappointment that sometimes is too great to overcome to make the next Christmas any better. Now, on the other side of the spectrum of that are those who are too miserly. You know, it's like uh, Charles Dickens might describe them like he did Scrooge. Listen to this. Dickens said, oh, but he was a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone, Scrooge. A squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner. Hard and sharp as flint from which no steel had ever struck out generous fire. Secret and self-contained, and solitary as an oyster. That's bad, isn't it? Sometimes we're too miserly for Christmas. Those are the people who say bah humbug when it comes to the festivities. And then there's some who don't believe in Christmas, frankly, because they're just too mean. You know? (laughs) They're just mean. They're as cuddly as a cactus. You know where we're going? (laughs) They're as charming as an eel. They're like a bad banana with a black, greasy peel, right? Well, if that's you, then you're a Grinch, all right? So the, uh, the same man that was Tony the Tiger's voice for so long sang it this way, and this really describes the problem in his song. He says, you're a monster, Mr. Grinch. Your heart's an empty hole. Your brains are full of spiders. You've got garlic in your soul. Now, I don't know what your motivation is or what somebody's motivation might be for not believing in Christmas, but I'll tell you what, that has really described what the real problem is. Now, I don't know about garlic in your soul, but I know that it's a soul problem. It's a faith problem. It's a heart problem that people will have. And Oddly enough, that's exactly the problem that we find in King Ahaz, who is the king of Judah, in Isaiah chapter number 7. 
If you have your Bible, I hope that you do. Go ahead and turn with me there to Isaiah chapter number 7. You're going to find a prophecy that some just simply will not believe, including Ahaz. Ahaz has a faith problem when it comes to Christmas before Christmas ever was really Christmas. All right? Let me give you a little bit of a rundown of what's going on here. In, uh, in Isaiah chapter number 7, uh, this message that Ahaz receives is one that the nation of Israel, the nation of Judah, needs desperately. But it's a message from God that they don't want particularly. Uh, the nation of Judah is facing two great military threats. One, we would say, is their greatest threat. The greatest threat comes from the king of Assyria. The king of Assyria has dominated that entire world region at that point. He conquers and then enslaves a group of people. He has called himself God and has claimed for himself the title King of Kings. The king of Assyria has set his sights now at this point on Israel and on Judah. Israel has decided what they're going to do is to team up with Syria. Not us, Syria, but Syria. And they're going to, to face this battle together. So Israel has come to Judah. They've come to King Ahaz and said, we need you to join us. We're going to battle against Assyria. And Judah says no. So this coalition, this coup between uh, Israel and Syria now turns on Judah. And they're threatening to overtake them, to set up a new king who will follow them and who will help them. So Ahaz is in a predicament. Rather than turn to the one true living God, what Ahaz has decided to do is to surrender. Ahaz has one of the greatest royal pedigrees of everybody. His, uh, his grandfather is Uzziah. The same Uzziah that you hear early in the, in the chapters of Isaiah. When Isaiah says, when, when Isaiah died, the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. It's that same Uzziah. Uzziah is described in the Bible as a good king, as one who sought the Lord, as one who feared the Lord, and as one who sought to do what was right in the name of God. He's not a perfect king, but he was a good king. His son Jotham then took over. Jotham, the Bible says, was a better king for Judah than even Uzziah was. And then comes the son, the grandson, Ahaz. A weak need, waste of a leader. He's a person who has put himself above everybody else. He is one who has forgotten exactly who God is. He's refilled the nation of Judah with idols, and he's reintroduced child sacrifice to the god Molech. In fact, he has led the way. He took his own child and sacrificed him in front of everybody so that they could see that Molech was a true god, which he was not. Now when Assyria comes knocking on their door, Ahaz decides to just give up. He bows his knee literally to the king of Ahaz, 
and he offers the people of Judah as, um, as, as slaves to him. He goes into the temple, takes out all of the gold and silver, gives it to the king of Assyria, and then closes the temple for worship. This is a day that's terrible. The nation of Israel, the nation of Judah, it's as dark as it gets. And yet there's a light that comes piercing through by the voice of God. God has a message for King Ahaz. And he has a message for the people of Judah. He has a message for the people of Israel. His saying is that the plot of Israel and Syria will not amount to anything. And ultimately, the plot of Assyria against that region is not going to come to pass. He gives, God gives to Ahaz through the prophet Isaiah such a wonderful, beautiful message that if you're there in Isaiah chapter 7, it begins in verse number 7. And he simply says, I'm going to take care of this for you. I'm going to act supernaturally so that these forces are turned backwards. But then he says something at the end of verse number 9, the final part of God's message to Ahaz that I want you to pay particular attention to. Look at what he says, that very last phrase. If you will not believe, surely you shall not be established. Now what God is not saying in that passage is, I'm going to promise to take care of you and take care of this nation. But if you don't believe, then I'm just going to put my hands behind my back and I'm going to say, okay, do what you do. That's not what he says. He says, if you will not believe, then you will not be established. In other words, I'm still going to do what I'm going to do. I'm going to rescue this nation. But you're going to lose your position. The Bible says that God can thwart anyone who is in, who is in power. I'll tell you something. There is a president. There are some senators, there are some representatives, there are some governors, there are some mayors who need to pay close attention to the fact that they have their position by the hand of God, by the will of the people, and one that can be easily taken away from them. The fact that the favor of God rests upon our nation is not something that we are to take lightly. And yet what we see is that King Ahaz is taking it lightly. I want you to begin with me in verse number 10 today, and I want you to see some of these undesired results of unbelief. Undesired results that come from unbelief, whether it's Ahaz or whether it's you or whether it's somebody else that you know. There are three specific things I want you to see today. As God delivers this great prophecy of deliverance, I want you to see, first of all, that unbelieving ears cannot hear God's summoning. God has summoned Ahaz to himself. He has asked and required something of Ahaz. He has required belief from him. And yet Ahaz is not willing to give it. Look, if you will, in verse number 10. The Bible says, Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz. Again. 
You want to see a picture of God's compassion? A picture of God's grace? A picture of God's mercy? Then it's found in second chances. Whether it's second chances with you or it's second chances with Ahaz, he is giving him another chance. He comes and speaks to him again, imploring him, begging him to believe, to simply come to the Lord and allow God to do in Ahaz and through Ahaz and for Ahaz what God himself wants to do. So God tells him to ask him for a sign. Ask me for a sign. Ask me for anything that I will bring about this prophecy that you will indeed be delivered and be saved. You'll notice in these next few verses, Ahaz is not listening. He doesn't have ears to hear. He doesn't believe he's already made up his mind. And he's not ready to listen to anything that God has to say. I want you to notice, first of all, how personal this is. We should see how personal this is. Look, if you will, in verse number 11. God says, ask a sign for yourself. Ask a sign for yourself. The you is singular. He's talking to Ahaz and to Ahaz alone. This is something between Ahaz and God. I want you, Ahaz, to ask me for anything. You ask me for something. You ask me for something that you and I only will know about. It's not anything that can be manipulated, nothing else that anybody else can come along and fake. This is between me and you. It reminds me that God is a personal God. That God loves you, that God wants a relationship with you. In the same way, he wants a real personal relationship with Ahaz. Ahaz, you come, you do this, and then watch me what I will do. I want you to see how personal it is, or I want you to hear how personal it is. Number two, I want you to hear how powerful it is. How powerful it is. Look, if you will, again there in verse number 11. He says to ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the deep. What's he talking about? He's talking about the sea, isn't he? Either ask it in the deep or in the height above. Ask it down in the, down in the sea or ask it up in the sky. Ask me for a sign. Ask me for anything. And I'll show you. I will prove to you. That I'm going to keep my word and I'm going to deliver this people. Just ask me. Come up with anything. What would you say? <laughs> what would you say? If God were to say to you, Tim, well, he wouldn't say to you, Tim. He'd say to me. If he said to you, your name, you, know, you ask me for anything, what do you think you would pick? I mean, maybe you go back in the scriptures. If you think about the height above, maybe you think about Hezekiah and, and asking for a sign. And he asked for God to turn the sun back, backwards, 10 degrees. And he did. Or, or maybe you think about the depth and you think about Moses and you think about God parting the Red Sea. And not just parting the Red Sea, but then the land under that being dry for the people to walk through. And these are signs, Right? I mean, these are, these are big, big things that nobody could miss. Do you see what Ahaz's answer is? 
Look at the sign that Ahaz asked for. Look, if you will, in verse number 12, but Ahaz said, I will not ask. I will not ask. Don't get the idea yet that he's being humble. And when you read the next phrase, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Well, he's just, I mean, he's, he's being like Jesus now, right? I mean, Jesus said, don't put your God to a foolish test. And he got that right out of Deuteronomy. So, so, so maybe Ahaz is filled with great faith. No, Ahaz is filled with pride. Ahaz is filled with hypocrisy. Ahaz is filled with venom in his heart. The I will not ask is not humility. It is rejection disguised as respect. God said, Ahaz, ask. And Ahaz says, no. No. I will not ask him. I will not test him. I will not see that this prophecy is going to come true. I'm not putting my faith in the one true living God. I'm going to put my faith in an enemy of our nation instead. That's Ahaz. That's what he's doing. He could have asked for anything, anything as powerful as God would be able to do. And he simply says no. So thirdly, I want you to, to hear how provoking this is. How provoking it is. I mean, Isaiah the prophet is about to blow a gasket. I mean, he just can't stand it. I mean, he, he, he is speaking as the mouthpiece of God and has God saying, Ahaz asked me for anything. I mean, Isaiah is waiting now to hear Ahaz say, I'm not going to ask him for anything. I'm going to test the Lord in anything. Notice in verse number 13, then he said, does yours have a lowercase h, a lowercase he? It's not talking about, God's not saying this. Who's saying this? Isaiah's saying this. Isaiah said, hear now, O house of David. He is reminding the king himself that he has a responsibility. He's not acting on his own behalf. Now, maybe Ahaz is just trying to save his own skin. That's not what a king is there for. The king is there for the entire house of David, the entire nation. It's not just to save his own skin, and it's not to save the reputation of his family. It's not just about Uzziah and Jotham. He reminds him, you are carrying the line of David. You are carrying the line of the Messiah. You need to act like it. You're the leader of the most God-blessed nation on the face of the earth. Act like it. Ahaz simply refuses. And so Isaiah asked him this question. Look at it in verse number 13. Is it a small thing for you? Do you think this is inconsequential? 
Do you think that there are not going to be any consequences? Do you think that there's not going to be a fallout to you disobeying and defying God? That's the kind of leaders that we have today. It's the kind of leaders that Israel had then. Yes, we want the blessing of God so much so that we would say, God bless America or God bless Judah. But not willing to yield to him. Not willing to believe him. Not willing to trust him. And Isaiah says, is it a small thing for you? Is it a small thing for you? Notice what he says. Is it a small thing for you to weary one another? Sometimes that word weary is translated in other places as grieve. Is it a small thing for you to be the cause of someone else's grief? Is it a small thing for you to break another person's heart? The word literally means to tire someone out. To bring them to a point of exhaustion. Is it a small thing for you? To try someone's patience so that they are thoroughly exhausted with you. And now he says this. Not only does he say, verse number 13, it's a small thing for you to weary men, one another, but will you also weary my God? Is it a small thing for you to do this to other people? Is it a small thing for you to break the heart of God? Is it a small thing for you to lead him to the point of exhaustion? Who do you think you are, Ahaz? Ahaz is provoking God to anger. And not only will Ahaz suffer for it, the entire nation will suffer for it. He is provoking God because of his unbelief. And that happens today as well. See, unbelieving hears can't hear when God calls, when God summons. God has summoned or called Ahaz to himself again and again and again and given him chance after chance after chance. And Ahaz keeps saying no. Join us tomorrow as Pastor Tim continues his message from Isaiah chapter 7, verses 10 through 14. Pastor Tim would love to connect and share with you about a personal relationship with Jesus Christ and how you can know that you know that Jesus is your Savior and Lord. That address is churchoffice at brittdavid.org. We are located at 2801. West Brit David Road, Columbus, Georgia, 31909. Thanks again for joining us here on Brit David Podcast.